0: Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today, well, Justin is on a Sportage frenzy, as you might see from his background. Mm. But we got a few cars to talk about today. Uh, Chevy, the Corvette 06, you might have heard of it. Uh, We have some news about that. That's going to be a great topic. The Sierra has a huge update, making it quite a bit better than before. Honda is going to SEMA with a bunch of cars and one really amazing crate engine. So we'll talk about that. The Sportage, we're going to chat about that a little bit. And the 2022 Range Rover has been fully released. Or is it the 2021? No one knows because it looks the same. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's start talking about the Corvette first. So the Z06. So GM or I guess Chevrolet calls this, it elevates the American supercar. And you know what? They're absolutely on point on that. Yeah,
1: can't deny that.
0: this, This Corvette, okay, so the Stingray, when that came out, that's already amazing, right? Everyone loves the Stingray. You can't even get one right now for MSRP because it's such in high demand. The Z06, they take... The Z51 package, which is like the performance pack you can get on the Stingray, and it turned up even more. So it's wider, it's meaner, and it has a different heart. There's a 5.5-liter flat-pane V8 that cranks out 670 horsepower, 460 pound-feet of torque. That's the most amount of power in any V8. And the best part... Naturally
1: aspirated V8.
0: Naturally aspirated V8, for sure best part 8600
1: rpm redline like it's a screamer yeah it sounds so good it's not like crazy high pitch not not quite like you know ferrari f1 kind of high pitch but it's a nice really nice very exotic sounding vehicle and it's just crazy that gm this is called they're called the gemini engine because if you see it uh I think you can pull up a picture of the LT6 engine just down there. Uh you can see why it's called Gemini, because it's twin everything. I think twin fuel pumps, like all, all the intake, the headers, uh every, everything is just kind of symmetrical like that. Um and it's it just got a unique look to it. Um, but it's crazy that they, they're they're putting so much research and development into one engine like this, uh, and to push that kind of power in a naturally aspirated setup, um, that is insane. That's over, well over 100 horsepower. I don't want to do the math, but it's well over 100 horsepower (laughs) per liter. And it's got a good amount of torque, too, meaning it's going to drive really nice. Naturally aspirated, high horsepower, medium torque engine, because that's the problem with the old, old ones, with the force induction is it's just too much torque. You can't put it down. You end up in a tree. Uh, or a ditch, or whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I, I say that even with the, L, the LT1 motor, uh, it was still a bit too much low-end torque. Uh, going naturally aspirated, I think, is the right move to make the car just more enjoyable. I think Corvettes got, this whole time, gotten away with putting kind of a modified truck engine into their cars. Uh, you know, be it adding a supercharger and what have you, you know, even though it's dry sump and all this engineering behind it, they're they're, they're legitimate performance cars. But this definitely takes it to that next level, and it legitimately now competes with the likes of Lamborghini, McLaren, Ferrari, um, regardless of the price.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the price hasn't been announced, but uh, they did tell us a lot about the specific parts that were changed between the Stingray and the Z06. So I'll just go through that, so that way we just get a little bit more understanding. So there's an 8-speed dual clutch, which is the same as a Stingray, but the final drive is shorter now for better acceleration, which is crazy because the Stingray's acceleration is already insane. I I I can't imagine what this would be. And I also can't imagine what the next step you know the the Z01, because the Z01 is gonna come. They're probably gonna strap turbos to this engine and make like 800 horsepower, right? That that's that's the obvious mm-hmm. next step, and that's even gonna be more insane. But um, it comes with Mag Ride along with the ELSD. The suspension itself is about 35% stiffer than the Z51 package, and if you go with the Z07 package, which is the performance pack on the Z06. can get that even eight percent higher the brakes are bigger 14.6 inch with six pistons in the front 15 inch with four pistons in the rear and if you get the z07 package you get even bigger brakes that are carbon ceramics wheels they're 20 inch on the front 10 inch wide 21 inch in the rear 13 inch wide wearing 275 in the front and 345 in the rear and if you get the z06 package you can get the carbon fiber wheels along with Pilot Sport Cup 2Rs. This is, they're, they're lighter wheels, just a, a redonkulous amount of grip on those Pilot Cup or Pilot Sport Cup 2R tires. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of the best performance cars you can buy. Like it's going to outperform like GT3 RS. It's going to outperform a lot of Ferraris, McLarens out there. And it's, you know, at your local Chevy dealership.
1: Yeah. And the nice thing about this is it's already it's already race proven, right? The C8R is what this engine is based on. Uh, and so the C8R has proved its worth in uh, what, American Le Mans and mm-hmm. some other race series. So it's a legitimate, based off a legitimate race car, um, Sport Cup 2 R's, not really a street tire. <laughs> uh, Sport Cup Sport Cup Two was already borderline, and that's what you got on previous Corvettes. But Cup Two R's are just basically uh, track only. Um, but yeah, the the look is so much nicer. I mentioned this before when we kind of started teasing the Z06. Was that I always thought the C8 needed the wide body. I thought it just it just lacked a little something to make it quite as pretty proportionally as you know the actual or the the old school brands and and their traditional supercar offerings. Um, with the Z06 package, that just changes everything. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see this. You know, high hundred thousand range, close to where kind of the NSX was. Uh, I'm I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, for for the R&D you're getting behind this, it's it's uh, totally worth it. I think because uh, you're you know we're talking 911 gts money probably i don't think it will exceed two hundred thousand for a z06 at least hmm. uh at least msrp wise the first one is going to go for an insane amount of money to charity as always with any domestic uh kind of special model uh they they love that i don't know why but uh the first one is going to be like triple or quadruple msrp and then yeah it's, it's gonna make a big fuss about it um but yeah 345 section with tires the previous uh the previous the c7 generation had 335s so they just up the size just slightly so that just makes it harder to stock tires for both <laughs> <laughs> for air distributors um no that's not why but 345 that's awesome um yeah, I also like the
0: fact that it's available in both coupe as well as convertible. Hmm. So like, yes, I get the Z6; it's really like it's it's their performance version, right? Like it's track focused. But for those who just want, you know, that flat pain V8, something high performance, but you still want to enjoy yourself, you can get a convertible, and the experience is that much more different, right? Uh, we said this before in a lot of our convertible uh, convertible vehicles. You don't need like a crazy amount of power, but if you do, it's kind of nice. It's just nice that you know Corvette's giving you that, and you get a bunch of different interior color choices along with this like red one, which is basically the entire vehicle yes. inside is red.
1: Yeah, because the normal Stingray you could get red seats, but now with the Z06 you can get even more carbon and even more red i just wonder if red is gonna age like blue kind of did back in the the 80s and 70s well there was red Uh, back then as well yeah it's just like that i don't know if like a full red interior is just that pleasing to the eyes uh long term right especially Mm -hmm. you know over the years who knows what it will look like um speaking of the interior though um what's
0: I mean, the interior of the Stingray is already pretty good. For the Z06, it didn't really do too much, other than the steering wheel itself. Uh, you get a carbon fiber wheel, or at least carbon fiber on the top and bottom, uh, whereas the regular one, it's leather. Uh, I mean, that looks fine, but with all Corvettes, you get this kind of crazy, almost octagonal-shaped steering wheel. Uh, it's just because so, you know, there's a cluster behind it, and they want to make sure that you're still able to see on the road. So it's just a more weird shape I guess but it looks good to me I, mm-hmm. I, I think this entire car inside and out looks absolutely amazing
1: yeah. it's I love such the a can- winner
0: yeah but... the good the canards on the front with the Z07 package just makes the front end just so much more aggressive that rear wing isn't like stupid looking like we're always worried like when manufacturers put a, a wing on a car it could look a little out of place this doesn't this looks like it it's meant to go there. I mean, we'll see what the the Z01 looks like, (laughs) but for the Z06 anyways, this looks proper.
1: Yeah, except the carbon fiber wheels, as I always say about carbon fiber wheels, they never look good. Like, it looks so plain compared Mm -hmm. to the rest of the car, and the normal aluminum alloy wheels look better, in my opinion. They may not offer you the same performance, but it's not a race car. It's a street car. Well, I mean, if you want
0: you can hit up American Racing and get some of those old school the five spoke torque Yeah, that's no, they <laughs> won't they
1: won't clear the carbon ceramics. It's
0: fine. We'll we'll downgrade the brakes so that you can put the wheels to slap on. Slap enough spacers on there to <laughs> clear. <laughs> but that's that's really all I got about the uh, the Z06 here. Anything mm-hmm. else
1: you want to share? Not yet. Not nope. right now. Yeah, Let's not on talk- the
0: Corvette. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the Sierra 1500. We talked about this before. Uh, the 1500. I mean, GMC makes good trucks. They've been number two for a long time, but Ram took over when they introduced their well number two. Their yeah, then then <laughs> new 1500. Uh, but for 2022, they are definitely upgrading the Sierra, and it's. A very, very worthy upgrade. So the interior has been completely refreshed. It looks very similar to the, um, to the Silverado that was announced a week or two ago. Uh, the front end has been updated a little bit as well, and you get two new trims, an AT4X, as well as a Denali Ultimate trim. The AT4X is basically the ZR2 in a Sierra. So you still get the Multimatic spool valve dampers locking front and rear. um, uh, Differentials. Diffs, yep. I wrote dampers on my notes. So I was reading (laughs) that. I was like, why do you want to lock your dampers? That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You still get 18-inch blacked out wheels with Duratrac mud terrains on there. Like, it definitely looks the part. It looks really, really cool. Uh, But I think, you know, the luxury side of gmc most of those people will probably step towards that denali ultimate which comes Mm. with like 22 inch wheels adaptive dampers like full leather interior with open pore wood with suede headliner massaging seats and super cruise yeah
1: and you better like the denali map because that theme is is just reiterated all over the interior if you get that Denali ultimate package. So mm. the the I guess the wood trim and the, the dash and all that it's just it's just maps. Um, yeah, it looks okay though. I think it I, looks pretty cool.
0: I think it looks great. I don't have any problems about this interior. Like compared to the one that you can buy now which looks like a Fisher Price toy. Like well, this
1: <laughs> and I don't think it's just compared to the Current one, okay, because that that doesn't mean too much. I think to say you're buying a new truck in 2022, but the thing is, compared to the Ram, compared to the F one hundred and fifty, compared to the Tundra, and the Titan, I think this is now number one. Um, I I, I, I know see... you like that Ram screen. I don't. I'm over it. No, the Ram I, was gimmicky. I think I want to is going to age
0: well. I want to see them. In person before I judge, because the interiors a lot of times, you know, when in photos they look great, but you know when you're in, like when you're there in person, the materials may not feel as good as you think they do. Uh, for example, in the brand new Honda Civic, in photos they look amazing, but when you're inside, there's some cheaper plastics around, and you just don't see it, you know, in photos. So I gotta see it, and then I can judge from there. But I got to admit, this is pretty close to contender uh, as a number one kind of interior next to the Ram. I think Ram in this, it's going to have one of the best in-class interiors that you can get on these trucks. Um, In terms of the engine options, they dropped the 4.3 liter V6. Let's be honest, no one really wanted that anyways. Um, they increase the torque on the 2.7 in line four. So that's going to be the base engine. You can still get the 5.3 V8 as well as the 6.2 V8 along with the Duramax three liter in line six as well. So, you know, you still have plenty of engine options across all of the Sierras. What's nice of the diesel Sierra, you can now tow 13,200 pounds with that optional trailer package. Um, before it was only like nine thousand something, but let's be honest. Anything over ten thousand, it's it's a lot of weight for these light duty—not light duty, but kind of non-heavy duty pickups. But I I gotta admit that AT
1: four X it looks it looks mean. They both look really good, I think, I, in their own ways. They look. Yeah. Because okay, I look at the Ram and the F one hundred and fifty, the luxury models, and they look tacky to me. Mm. And this just looks more cohesive. Maybe because we're used to seeing the Yukon Denali, um, and I see some of that theme carry over to this. That it just it's just a more natural transition. Mm. But I look at like an F one hundred and fifty Platinum, and I'm like, this is so tacky. Like this is so like Walmart luxury. Mm. You know, it's kind of how I feel about. Some of those higher end, what what's the RAM limited? Or, RAM is uh, limited, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like this look. Like it's it's not trying to be something. It's not. It looks like a GMC. They yeah. didn't just. But GMC's thing over the years has been to slap a lot of chrome on, so that's why the chrome now just feels comfortable. Feels you know, normal it just feels natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they haven't. I don't think they've overdone it. Like the grill is huge. But there's also a lot of openings in there, so it's not just one big wall of chrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they didn't slap like a big, big piece of chrome on the back or, or brush aluminum, whatever that Ford does with their yeah. oh, fancy. oh, wow, the tailgate—it's so yeah. tacky. Yeah.
0: Actually, I really like that piece. <laughs> you may remember when you first got your F one fifty. I told you, I was like, hey, you should get that piece for your for your truck um but i wanted the the satin one that you can get with the yeah uh, the platinum no the the off the the cowboy king ranch king ranch one yeah yeah i like the tailgate of that one the cowboy version i can't remember <laughs> yeah. what it's called but it had the <laughs> cowboy theme but yeah i i think the sierra looks great it's finally uh, a contender you know, well-rounded truck comparing to the Ram as well as the F-150. Tundra, yes, you know, Tundra is there. There's going to be people that's going to be buying the Tundra. It's not going to outsell this. Let's be honest, it's not.
1: No, and even, okay, seeing the Tundra as we have, because they've mostly shown, you know, the top of the line Tundra. It's not impressive. Like, I don't think it blows anyone away. Uh, The hybrid stuff is kind of cool the the TRD stuff there's there's some nice upgrades there but then I don't know if there is like that broad appeal to that truck like it just feels like some compromises here and there like the interior just doesn't look up to this level hmm. right um so yeah I think Sierra ultimately is going to be like a volume leader and hopefully GM's worked out some of the kinks with their engine because I know last year and this year we've seen some issues and and GM kind of always was supposed to be that that dependable you know very likable car like it's inoffensive and then now they they kind of I guess they kind of push the boundaries with their uh, multi-cylinder deactivation and stuff like that it's
0: wonderful technology but yeah if it works, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the like uh, the six point two V eight yeah. Sierra, so efficient uh, Denali, and I drove it from my house, which is in Burnaby, to and not far. Like it was twenty minutes or so, but it was in dead of winter, so it was quite cold, like zero degrees freezing temperature, and I averaged under ten liters or hundred kilometers, which I've never seen in a truck.
1: Yeah, it. And, but the thing is, like. I think truck buyers are tend to be a little bit more practical yeah. and that's the that's the problem with the eco diesel too right is that you may save some money in the short term but in the long term if you have to buy a new engine for it after 4 years it will cost you way more like it's that's, not worth that savings at the pump that's that's why you buy the extended warranty <laughs> kind of have no choice but to buy an extended warranty on some of these trucks. <laughs> but even then, they will look for excuses to deny warranty. Let's, let's uh, be honest, these these high-end trucks, they're hundred thousand dollar
0: trucks. That's how much this the Nolly ultimate is gonna be. It's gonna yeah. be like a hundred K. Like if you're spending a hundred K, what's a little bit more for a warranty, right?
1: But what's a little bit more fuel too, right? That's yeah, that's, that's kind of so like true. the trade-off. I rather have a car that runs, than than a car that's, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, slightly more efficient. I need it to work. I need to be able well, to go places. That's that's uh, why
0: Toyota Tundra is there to to give you both a dependable as well as efficient uh, V6 with a hybrid powertrain on that perhaps. brand new Tundra. <laughs> yes, we don't know <laughs> if that's
1: reliable yet.
0: I mean, let's be honest. If a Toyota's not reliable, hell's going to freeze over, right? The <laughs>
1: first year, I would still wait. wait. <laughs> yeah, especially with the all-new powertrain, all-new infotainment, anything like that. I don't think Toyota is that guaranteed. You know, even with the RAV4, first-year hybrid, a lot of little, little gremlins, but stuff that drove people nuts. If, if you got stuck with that and... There goes your whole brand loyalty. I think, like, yeah. if you had a leaky Rav Four, or or one that you couldn't fill the fuel tank, <laughs>
0: like <laughs> I had that problem. I was like, oh, I thought I filled it up, and then the gas gauge still, wasn't. I was like, it was still empty. Yeah. I was like, huh, oh, what's going on? It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's talk about Honda. So Honda released. Uh, some of their vehicles that they're going to be bringing into SEMA. SEMA for 2021 is November 2nd to the 5th. So it's coming right up. But Honda has released some amazing cars that they're going to bring there. Um, They have two race cars, two Civic SI race cars, with a bunch of modifications from like Ibok, RV6, Pirelli, like a whole bunch of things. Like there's a big list on their website that you can take a look at. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not interested in that. I don't care about the uh, the two racing Civic SIs, the Team Liquid Civic Hatchback. I mean, it looks good, sure. There's an HPD Civic Si, sure, whatever HPD body kit. But they also paired up with 1552 for a Project 96 Accord Wagon. <laughs> Ooh. This Accord wagon, let me tell you about it. So they started off as a 96 Honda Accord wagon, which, you know, it's pretty commuter type vehicle. Then they slapped in a K20 K20C. Uh, that's the same engine as the Civic Type R. And the reason why they slapped it in there is because Honda is gonna be start uh, to sell this K20 c this Civic Type R motor as a crate engine, only for off-road use. So it's only for racing or whatever else. Uh, you can't use it in your next, you know, whatever daily build that you want to do. But this car looks amazing. It's full BTCC livery look on it. It's It really gives me like the 90s throwback vibes. It's going to have 300 horsepower. Like, sure. Like, I don't care, but it just looks so cool.
1: Yeah, that, that livery is awesome on that one. They... I'm surprised, uh, I'm looking at the race cars now, the the Civic Si, going back to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's got Momo wheels, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice. And one's got Titan Sevens. Titan 7, kind of a, you know, working in the wheel industry a little bit. Um, Titan 7 is kind of like a rep brand in a sense. It's a few race drivers run them, but they're not; they're kind of a Chinese, you know, outsource wheel company. Like, you know, you just buy enough of this mold, you you order enough, and this company in China will make them for you. The problem with Titan Seven is they've been accused of fraudulent stamping on their wheels. So JWL VIA, they've never tested, and they just sent them out, stamped them with it, and then. Hope that no one catches them. Not saying they're bad wheels, but I'm like, from a Honda factory level to be using Titan 7, i I'm like, okay, because they're they're a good twenty, they're probably about thirty percent cheaper than like a Rays Volk Forge wheel. Um, you know, they're the cheapest Forge wheel you can get. Uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting choice, just from my perspective, just. My two sense. Yeah. yeah. And Momo obviously one of the, the OG brands, but kind of not like not that popular anymore. No, yeah. you definitely don't see it. I mean, yeah. I
0: remember I saw Momo in Fast and Furious, the original one, mm. when Ja Rule had a the Momo on his DC two, yeah, or Integra, not even Type Bar, just a regular, probably a Integra LS. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, maybe not. As interesting, but you know, some people may want to look into it. Is their Passport Trail Sport rugged roads <laughs> project? Uh, they they took their passport, they gave it some tires, and then that's about it. Oh, there's a pop up tent. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's they really inf- gave it good tires. They gave it Firestone Destiny. Like I don't know who runs these projects, but I would love to be on these teams and just like give them what people actually want like no one wants Fire De- firestone destination AT2s no one goes out of their way and picks that tire like it's it's just basic market research that you know yeah. you don't just pick the cheapest tire off the shelf that you can get and and the sizing sucks too like it's just stock sizing it's stock size yeah it I looks think, so dorky on the uh, on the ridgeline, especially the trail sport looks okay. Like the sizing looks okay, but the, the ridgeline, it's it's like such a yeah, the wheel well is huge, five. and then you have a little tire in there. What
0: I found was interesting is they did give the a suspension lift for the ridgeline. It's a 1.5 inch lift on the front, 0.75 in the back, but it doesn't look like it because they put a bike in the back which weighs the back end down. Uh, uh, and it just doesn't look like it's been lifted.
1: I think it's to compensate for all the the added weight they have to <laughs> add. the
0: uh... Yeah. Uh, and then they also have an African twin Overland uh, bike as well, which has a bunch of boxes on it for your next Overland trip if you want to take a bike off-road. I mean, it's definitely cool. It's cool to see, you know, Honda back in SEMA. Um, it's been... Actually, were they there last year? I can't recall, um, but it's certainly cool to have OEMs there just
1: to show off, you know, what they mm. can do. Let's look at the HPD Civic Si for a second. Uh, <laughs> orange one? Yeah, not this one. Not the not the race oh, car, but the the, uh, the street car, the one that you might see at your dealership. Because oh, I think it's pretty uninspired. If I if you uh, ask me, so. Okay, HPD stands for Honda Performance Development, uh,
0: which is their new thing that they're calling. Uh, used to be called Honda Factory Performance, HFP. And HFP made some beautiful pieces for the Civic, Accord, some other stuff as well. Uh, they, they had always nice pieces, but you're absolutely right. On the 2022 Civic, the HPD package that you can get, it looks just like a little bit of lipstick on the front.
1: Yeah, they just gave and it so black accents it. everywhere. Like, it's not very aggressive. It's not, I don't know. Like, to to me, I just don't know who this is for, right? Like, if you're, if you're into tuning, this is not going to inspire you. This is for, like, the 50-something-year-old guy that wants to reconnect with his, his fast and furious youth. They're like, oh, I could never afford a Honda tuner car at the time somehow uh and this is what (laughs) this
0: is (laughs) you you know what's interesting that HBD front lip it's not a full lip they're just little pieces off to the side
1: winglet there's nothing in the middle nothing at the corners too yeah it's it's really wheels look really generic too Uh,
0: yeah okay the stock wheels look better than these let's be honest yeah
1: yeah no that's that's the sad part right they, um, they went and made their own molding for this wheel, and it just dropped yeah. the ball on it, I think. I don't want to know how much that costs to make an OE wheel like that, but and how much a, a parts department is going to sell you that wheel for. But damn, that is a really uninspired-looking car.
0: Um, my brother-in-law, he had an 8th gen Civic Si, and he wanted to buy HFP kit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, even a rep kit being that car was a twenty two thousand and nine, I think uh what 12 years later buying a rep kit full kit was still $1,500 nice
1: because people want it exactly. no one wants
0: it <laughs> I in the same amount of years from now I don't think anyone's willing to you know even make a like a replica of this like yeah
1: it it's, will be expensive, but because the supply is so low, no yeah. one ever ordered it. No one stocked it, so that's why uh, this will be expensive ten years down the road. Yeah. Um, can we buy K twenty C one
0: for our next project?
1: For our off road build.
0: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's for off road use, right?
1: No, they overheat.
0: It's fine. Ooh. It's
1: fine. Well, it, actually, the crate does not have come with cooling. Yeah,
0: so we can do deal with our own cooling on it. Yeah, Oversized yeah. rad, you know, it'll be okay. Yeah.
1: K20C, okay. Maybe, okay, I want to rant a little bit about the K20C1 <laughs> now that we have it here. Is that I have never seen an OE engine... Uh, no, Nissan VQ. No, Subaru STI. Okay, <laughs> Japanese manufacturers are really bad at this, making an OE performance car that does not overheat, right? You get into any Porsche, BMW, if you leave it stock, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But these will overheat and max out their, their temp gauges in stock form. You don't even have to be like a crazy fast driver, like casual driving. Like I think even at a typical press event that goes to the track, you will overheat these cars. Well, a Type R that is and that, mm-hmm. that, that just blows me away that in stock form you can you know with stock tires you have enough grip and speed that it's not built for it and i don't know why japanese manufacturers cannot get this right uh, they none of them make supra is decent but that's not really doesn't really count yeah 86 like... also good but that's na but once you get to this 300 horsepower level it's like they don't know how to cool them down Fast enough, yeah. That's so 2000s okay. it's two hundred and forty NA NA horsepower, and it's only two forty with zero torque. So
0: that's it had a hundred and fifty
1: one pound feet. Yeah, and sometimes. the engine bay engine bay was half the car, so it, it was it was quite was, large. <laughs> that was the other issue, right? So, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely some issues. But I, uh-huh. I'm just excited. I'm curious how the K twenty C one crate. crate I, motor I'm just. Motor. I'm curious how much it'll be. Oh, true. Right? Because, like, if it's not that much, it would be a decent swap. I mean, a lot of people are still buying K20s and K24s, uh, either as just by themselves or Frankenstein. Ah, I see it. Oh, there's a
1: price on it? Oh, but this is from Mountain USA. Oh, no, no. That's right. Because that, that's where you can buy them from. Oh, okay. It's It's 7,000 US, basically. Oh, that's... That's in couple with anything else, though. Okay, for an
0: OE engine. Oh, they're calling.
1: Ooh. Do we want to take this call? We'll take this call.
0: Okay, we'll we'll take the call.
1: Hey, it's Justin speaking. Justin. Yeah. Hi, it's John Machado with Midway Customs. Hey, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. There was no price on there, so we're just wondering. Oh, okay. Uh okay, yeah, no no worries. Uh thanks for calling the okay, what was your what, your, what price you thinking? About Sixty-five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we think are right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just I I looked at everyone on the market. I have I'd never seen one over eight, so of this generation. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's why there's no price. <laughs> eighty eighty <89? laughs> nine? Eighty-five oh. or eighty-nine? I, yeah, I, I think can't even remember. I'm like starting with the eight.
0: Eighty-nine fifty. Jesus,
1: yeah. that's not even including dog fees. Yeah. Oh
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, if it's yeah. like low five, we'll go and get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, even if it's mid sixes, we'll consider it. <laughs> but man, should we talk? Should we tell the audience what that was about? Okay,
0: so we, we just have a live call from a local Mazda dealership, which has a
1: 2002, was it, Toyota RAV4 on sale? Oh four, I think. 04? Manual transmission, too. Like, the only manual transmission RAV4 on the market. I mean, we ultimately, we don't care what transmission it has. I don't mind manual, but manuals are not worth as much because you're buying, I don't know, I don't think it it's worth as much, at least. You know, shouldn't for be this worth kind of much. commuter car because the market is so much smaller. And and I even listed out every every RAV4 of the second generation for sale. And it ranged from 4,500 to the most expensive listed price was $8,000. And they're asking nine for it. Like, that is insane. It's a nice color. It's a nice shape, but it's not worth double oh. what the one that we were looking at was. Oh. So this is
0: for our Kicking Tires Overland Off-Road project. Yeah. Um,
1: it's This is our third week, I think. Yeah, we, we almost looking... had a car today. We, and it got swiped under the rug from us this morning. We were supposed to go look at a car live and purchase it. And
0: then we're supposed to put it on the, the well, basically a live video for everyone. So everyone can see that we bought a Suzuki SX4. Yes, the little SX4. We found one for three grand, and we thought it would be a, a hilarious little project.
1: Apparently, but... we were not the only ones that thought it was a good buy because we <laughs> yeah. failed. So we we have a few more things lined up, but uh, we'll, I
0: guess we'll see next week. Uh, you know what happens, yeah. and we'll go Keep from there. Keep
1: in your recommend if you know a friend that has a crossover SUV, anything like that, all-wheel drive, cheap under six grand i guess under three four grand really depends yeah preferably under four <laughs> um not nine for sure Damn. no no i don't want to yeah. spend
0: nine on a 2004 or that's yeah. that's a lot of money i know and you know what
1: i bet this dealership paid like four for it oh no they the dealership pay like two for it yeah they want you to think the, the well, no. Okay. So I do know dealers are offering really good values right now. That's also true. And they will take like small margins, but nine grand, like you're out. You've, I don't know, they're out of their mind. <laughs> because there are truly low mileage RAV4s, like $118,000. Very nice second gen RAV4. 118,000 kilometers, not kilometers. Of yeah. <laughs> 118 kilometers. RAV4, so super low mileage. There's two of them under 8,000. Yeah. And here we have a dealership with a manual one. Like, not in this market. Like, shut the... I'll bleep myself there. But shut the blup up because, I don't know, Dealerships kind of nuts these days. And I get it. Sales guys are jaded. Okay, I have a few friends in the industry. And it's like, you can sell new cars. But you don't know if they'll ever arrive, and you don't even know if you're gonna be still working there when that customer takes delivery. So it's just it's just such a toxic environment right now. But yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And the word the okay the part that pisses me off is that they did not put a price on this car, right? Yeah, which sometimes could mean it's a good deal, or sometimes it could be it's dumb. Yeah, it's a fair price or whatever. Because like literally, I listed out every one. Like mileage, transmission, color, year. And like this one, I'm like, okay, if we go by high value, it would be eight, but they're asking nine for it. I'm like, okay, screw you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Back well, to the search.
0: Back to the search. And maybe our search will lead us to
1: something like this like this points. The, or this, or this. So points what, at my uh, background. What, what we're looking at is a
0: brand new 2023 Kia Sportage. Sportage. Uh, but the, the one that we can afford is probably like a 97 or
1: 02. <laughs> 02, 07, maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah, like something yeah. a lot older. But this one's actually, okay. So we're, we're, we're quite different on this. Um, we talked previously how no Kia looks the same. They don't have brand identity. And I get that. Looking at this, it doesn't look like a Kia at all. There's nothing about it that says it's a Kia. But doesn't it at
1: least look like a Sportage?
0: It doesn't. Sportage? It doesn't even have (laughs) like much of that tiger nose grill anymore, neither. It really doesn't. But as a car, I think this looks good. And because it's... This one does. Yeah. So this is... The exact same as the Tucson that's from Hyundai. Um, So, Hyundai and the Hyundai Tucson and the Sportage, they're basically brothers, sisters, or cousins. Brothers, sisters? Anyways, they're basically the same car, Um, Mm -hmm. just different sheet metal and different interior and whatnot. But I really like this over the Tucson. The Tucson is very edgy, that new one, right? It's super like jagged edges. And this Mm -hmm. looks more like a regular car, but they have this. X (laughs) X Pro or X Pro -Pro version has these knobby off road wheels and tire package on it. It looks quite
1: rugged. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's not, but the whole press release for this car is talking about the design. Okay. Because this this generation Sportage is not like really, really brand new because we've seen the Tucson and it's actually been sold for a little bit. In other markets already, so
0: the other it's, market ones is actually slightly shorter than the ones that we get here in North America.
1: Yeah, but the styling is Same. kind of what their their yeah. their big claim to fame is with with this press release on this Sportage twenty twenty three model. Uh, it's got the Kia opposites united design philosophy, or opposites attract, however you want to you know. <laughs> but I just okay. think it's just it's just so bizarre the rear, the X-Pro looks kind of cool, not going to deny that the mm-hmm. X-Pro model like all these other off-roady looking vehicles we've talked about this year especially looks kind of cool uh, I think the normal one looks okay, I don't think it's that bad from the front but the rear is just, there's so much going on, it's it's so The taillight design is so odd, and then you have just so many different shapes happening. There's an underbite in the back, there's I don't Mm. know, it's just there's there's it's way too busy in the back for me, and it's not going to age well just like the previous for this one right here. The really bulbous, alien looking one. With the headlights on the top. Yeah, with the headlights on top that some people might like it, some people but it just doesn't look timeless. Like look at this one from 20 years ago almost and it it just it's aged gracefully. Even this one, the 2011 one looks decent. <laughs> uh it still looks good. But this one looks good right now. The 2023 looks good right now. It's a huge car too. Like okay, we're talking about how uh a lot of the the press releases like okay well in this segment it's it's the biggest of the segment because it grew seven inches like that is not <laughs> that is that is you know one that is a difference between a highlander and a rav4 like in <laughs> seven inches it's not it's no longer in that same segment anymore as this one this one this one or this one it's it's the Santa Fe now. Like it's, it's what we used to know as the Santa Fe or the Sorento now. Actually, it's funny that you point that out.
0: Um, I recently did a Tucson and I also recently drove a Santa Fe. Uh, the Tucson and the Santa Fe interior is basically the same in terms of size. Hmm. Uh, the Tucson actually has slightly bigger rear seats than the Santa Fe.
1: Hmm. And yeah. the Tucson so, is
0: one step down. Technically, we're
1: no longer in the compact space. Because if you grow 70 or seven inches, it's 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 not small anymore. I do like what they've done with the interior. I can't like there's nothing that comes close to this interior. Yeah, including the Tucson. I think this interior is so much nicer in a Tucson, but the styling exterior-wise just it's yeah. it's so wild. I think it I don't think it's bad necessarily especially in this x pro trim but and there's the x pro prestige i think there's also too many trims for one <laughs> like there is okay there is the where is my list here there's the lx the ex the essex essex prestige x line x pro x pro prestige and then some are available in all wheel drive some are available in front wheel drive so there's going to be over 10 different trim levels which that is not the trend anymore right we're trying to Nowadays, manufacturers are trying to get that down to less, you know, less stuff you have to stock because now you know how hard it is to stock cars. And it just makes it, when you have these little niche trims, I think it's just going to make it hard for dealerships and, and customers as well to to kind of land on one car. Uh, it's, oh, maybe I like this about that one. I like this one about that one. But this one sold out. So I got to get this one. Um, yeah, just give like four trim levels max, I think is good. I, I think in Canada is going to be different,
0: um, but there's no information of it on the Canadian website just yet. Mm, I see. Um, in the US, they generally have more trims than the, than we do here. Um, we just have specific ones. I don't think we're going to have the three different X-Pros. I think it's going to be one and then the top trim of the X-Pro. Uh, and then the SX will be the top trim. Basically what we do right now. Um, there's no middle ground for that. That's what I think anyways, uh, something funny about the X pro that they have. So the X pro is their off-road version, right? Um, they ditch the 19 inch wheels that's available on the regular one. And you get these 17 inch blacked out off-road wheels and BF, uh,
1: AT tires, but that's the only thing about it that they say is off-road. Yeah, well, the, and the, the the thing is, look, this is off-road hardware to match the design elements. It's really just some nicer fog lights and then <laughs> wheels and tires. And the, the tires are... okay, The tires, they don't mention it, but I know which tire they're using. It's the BF Goodrich Trail Terrain, which is a brand new model. It's been out for all of one month. Mm. Uh, it's a brand new model. We don't know how good it is, but this is to compete with the AT Trails uh, that Falcons put out there. So it is... It is like, again, one of those off-road looking tires. That, mm. Yeah, it's it's a trail crossover tire that is meant is to as, look good. Is it as bad as the Honda ones where it looks really good on the I outside? I think it's better than the Honda one. Okay, It's better than the Destination LE2 that the HPD one we talked about earlier has. Okay. Um, it looks a little bit more off-road than that. At least the, the tread is is kind of off-roady but it's not quite as aggressive looking as the at trails that some other manufacturers are using Hmm. so that is literally it like it's just it's not it's the same size from all i can tell Hmm. i don't think it's any taller than the the normal one the all-wheel drive models are an inch and a half taller than the front wheel drive i don't know if that's from suspension or something about the clearance like how stuff is packaged because that's minimum ground clearance so we mm-hmm. don't know where that one one and a half inch is coming from necessarily it's not that clear in the press release um i think it looks cool it is probably the most rugged looking in this segment obviously there's a rav4 trail for trail forest TRD wilderness wilderness maybe? yeah uh but the forester wilderness. Okay. The forester wilderness, if we're gonna compare it to this, it... I don't know. How do you stand on the forester wilderness?
0: <laughs> I just think the, the forester, all new foresters are underpowered.
1: That is the obstacle, I think, with the forester wilderness and uh, the price point. Yeah. But that is probably package. the most capable of this segment. Is, oh, yeah. oh well, of the Asian manufacturers. We're not bronco sport jeep whatever cherokee those are those are way up there in terms of capability but you know if we're going to compare with the asian manufacturer in terms
0: of cuv that has kind of that kind of off-road look but not actual off-road backing Mm -hmm. like the bronco sport and the jeep has (laughs) but i don't know i think i think it's fine we'll wait for this to come out and we can definitely talk a little bit more about it then yeah because i, w- I want to talk about the range rover hmm.
1: because... talk a little bit about this last week it is exactly what we <laughs> thought it would be <laughs> yeah the leaks were true
0: um hmm. it's exactly the same in terms of this looks other than the rear end but it is smooth over like every single panel is very 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 smooth um there is a five passenger a four-passenger, as well as a seven-passenger variant of the new Range Rover. It's longer. Um, the longer wheelbase version is also longer than before, so you get more space in the rear. Um, it's powered by a BMW V8. Uh, I read that not on the press release because they wouldn't want to tell you that it's a BMW V8, but it is a BMW V8. It's quite nice. The interior has been thoroughly updated um you get the bentley style or Roseroy royce style seats on the tailgate as well a feature that i would love on our overlanding uh vehicle so I can really can make want this that tailgate.
1: with 40 dollars of ikea facebook marketplace finds. perfect <laughs> that's exactly what i want
0: the interior is very seamless i really like the the new screen that they have in the center. And the screen is actually curved, like it's curved down a little bit. So it's kind of weird looking, but it looks nice. You got open-pore wood. It's just a very elegant vehicle.
1: But it's the same as last year's. Like it's, it's an update. In terms of the styling, interior design language, uh, everything just looks very similar as before but a lot softer Mm -hmm. and that's kind of my fear that would happen with the range but because the original Range Rover is something very different from what it is now uh you know and that's the car that kind of I I don't know I thought that was kind of the do everything car Mm -hmm. it just it just had such a uh and it was you know genuine luxury it's not like a g-wagon where you know you give it a nice leather interior and then you call it a luxury car but the previous Range Rovers were all very capable and we just don't see them marketing this one as such no um you know even just in this press release alone it's all about the interior now yeah um and I feel like that kind of it's like where is the range or the rover? So like <laughs> on the end
0: of the press release, literally the end of it, they do have three pictures of it, one yeah. on a dirt trail and one on the sand dune and one on the snow. So I mean there's very small bits of it that still the Range Rover past, but definitely not as much as before. Cause Range Rover like websites or brochures, you will see like the uh the discovery. That yellow discovery that went cross-country, mm. cross-countries. Um, and that was like what was very prominent in every single brochure. I remember seeing that before. But you're not going to see that anymore. And that's the full departure, right? This is not to compete against off-road vehicles anymore. This is to compete against the a colony. Colony. The Cullinan. That's and what it's... GL. You know, GLS
1: EX7 GLS
0: yeah yeah Yeah. I mean that that's fine in my opinion because if you really want an off-roady Land Rover there's other vehicles for you Mm. but this is this is just so elegant compared to
1: before and everything they've gone that extra step to make it really really nice yeah I think we have to see it in person I think if it if it has that road presence i will let it slide i think i think it does because yeah. in a
0: way it kind of reminds me of like rose royce right mm-hmm. because a Rolls royce every single Rolls rose looks the same there's really no difference but when you see it on the road you're like that's pretty nice
1: yeah because they've smoothed it out and they pushed everything out to the the edges i think that will just make it look a little bit bigger in person which can work to its advantage yeah. So that
0: new twin turbo V8 0 to 60 4.4 4 seconds.
1: Not new bad twin turbo V8. Twin turbo V8 coming from BMW. It's, it's a 4.4 4, I think. Yes. Um not BMW's strongest suit like their their V8s are not that great <laughs> in terms of reliability, but it might be a step up for this brand at least. <laughs> Hey, it's
0: it's one less thing for them to do one less thing for them to make right one less one more finger to point <laughs> <laughs> they they did that in the past, and the
1: range rovers we are willing to buy they yes <laughs> we should we should uh segue into that is that should we buy a sub five thousand dollar range rover l three twenty two i think that is the chassis that we're talking about um l three twenty two Yes, the 322 generation Range Rover. The the one that had the luxury and the off-road chops to boot. Um, classic Range Rover styling. I think that is still the definitive Range Rover in my books. Maybe that's because that was my generation. So, yeah. Like, so there's... that was such a desirable car. Like it looks cool. It's it's nice inside. It's capable. So there's this one Range Rover that I've been eyeing.
0: It's a 2006 Range Rover for five grand that it's selling for. So that's five thousand dollars Canadian. That's not a lot. Um, it's half a Rav4 from Midway Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> you get double these cylinders here. So mm-hmm. the reason why I like this one is because it has three hundred thousand kilometers on it. So you might be saying, "Oh, you don't want that. You want a low kilometer car." But here's the thing: a Range Rover with low kilometers, it's
1: you know, it just means that it's broken. It wasn't driven. It wasn't maintained. Because to get a Range Rover to three hundred thousand, you have <laughs> had to put a lot of money into it to to go that far. Exactly. So
0: I'm okay. thinking that. This may be worth it because it actually has that much mileage on it. Because, like back in 2015, this thing already has 254,000 kilometers on it. Like it's a it's a decently high mileage car. So, I mean, might be worth it. It is a US car as well, so you know there's that. Um, but I I don't know. There's something about it that has a lot of charm, and. The ad says everything works, which, you know, I doubt.
1: but you can't hold them accountable if it doesn't. <laughs> then we'll try. And then the cool thing is the, uh, the, then the map. I was like, is this real? Is this ad for real? Because it's all talking about some dealership in the States. And I'm like, oh, the GPS location is right at my shop. <laughs> like, it's literally like across the yeah. street from um like there's this there's this picture of the the g p s pinpoint. and i'm like oh that's really close to me uh so <laughs> i also like this other one it's older is a ninety
0: six range rover with the four liter um the reason why I like this one is because this is this is old school range rover right mm-hmm. this is when b m w bought them b m w bought them a little bit after ninety six i think but this still has the Range Rover, the Land Rover bits and pieces, mm-hmm. so it's old British, which <laughs> just means that it's gonna break. But, but it looks pretty clean for forty two hundred bucks. I mean, that generation
1: no... is classic too. I forgot what movie I saw and the dad drove one of those. <laughs> there's yeah. no
0: check engine lights. Either that or the check engine light is broken.
1: Yeah, the bulb burned out. That's the only reason.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm not going to go over the review this week. It was a Tucson, which we already talked a little bit about. But I, I do want to hear from you guys. You know, if you have any good suggestions or good leads to SUVs or small pickups, but we, we really want a SUV, uh, preferably with all wheel drive. About four grand is. But what we want to pay, we can pay more, but we want to stay around that mark because we want to do things to it. And we also want to make sure that, you know, it stays true to what we kind of want to do, like an underdog type SUV that's able to tackle uh, trails and off-road scenarios that you didn't think were possible. But
1: yeah, anything else, Justin, you want to add? Mm, i'm just sad because of you couldn't so the used the car more. market okay the problem with the used <laughs> car market right now is that we have used car dealers messing everything up for us i think because <laughs> you know if you i posted a car for sale recently and it's just a lot of dealer inquiries because they just want inventory and they don't you know they might be able to make a little bit off you uh they, they just want to buy that and because they have nothing to sell And I get it. I get why they're doing it, but it just makes it so hard for us. Like, that cars are getting bought, you know, the last, the first two cars, or last three cars that we looked at, they all went really fast. Like, we saw it, and we're like, we gotta get on this. And we did get on it, and it's still, you know, less than eight hours before we were supposed to meet, and it's like, oh, it's gone. Yeah there's a, there's an old uh, x 3 for
0: 4750
1: 154,000 yeah. on it. Yeah. And hopefully we're doing the right thing here which is if we're buying high hopefully we can at least break even or something <laughs> like that because buying in a high market it's just like I don't know how long it will it will it will uh stay that stay way. Stay high then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just checking Craigslist now, as I always do, and I don't see anything of value. Unless yeah. you want an X3. You want an X3?
1: I'm open. I'm open to it I've taken my did you see this X3 one? of this generation to Triangle Beach before, and it did not get stuck. 2005 X3,
0: 4750. I mean, it has the horrendous- four-cylinder
1: front-wheel drive, apparently.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, you know the person doesn't know the car. That's fine. We'll we'll deal with that. But it has the. It's an advantage if they don't know. It's such a bad steering wheel. It's the old E forty six wheel. Like I hate the yeah. look of that. The seats are the leatherette, which means that they will never wear. Which that's is a good thing. Eight. Yeah, that's a good thing. I
1: mean, the the base has... engine is just like it's all the maintenance and fuel consumption without the power, because. <laughs> There's a big range in terms of power because the normal, this 2.5 made like 180 horsepower whereas a 3.0 SI which is what my parents had, made 260 and it's like they don't cost any more to maintain. Or,
0: it's it's, it's or well. fine. The SX-4 we're looking at had 120. <laughs> <right>?
1: 141. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's older. It has 120 now. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll keep looking. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep searching here, but thanks like, for tuning in. <laughs> if yeah, thank you for everyone for tuning in. But if you do have any leads, let me know, shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, just let me know if there's anything out there. Thanks everyone for watching and we'll catch you next week.